Welcome to the Come to the Table podcast by Distortion Free. We are all about getting hungry for the things of God. The Bible says that all those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. So grab your coffee, maybe tea, possibly a snack, and meet me at the table. Good morning, and thank you for listening. I'm excited. Today is day seven. Today is day seven. Wow. We've made it <clears throat> through an entire week of fasting. Um, if you're joining us on our 21-day fast, that's what it means. Today is day tw- uh, seven of our 21 days. Today, I want to talk about the new creation reality. When you are born again in Christ, in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for us? We are created to live righteous, not under condemnation, not under the bondage of sin, not under the yoke of what the world tries to put on us. <clears throat> so I'm going to read a couple scriptures about this. Um, I want to read Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So Romans five seventeen is saying, if death reigned by one man, Adam, Adam ate of the apple. And because of that, death reigned. Death came into the world. We then understood, uh, we had the knowledge of death. We had the knowledge of sin and sin came in and which we all know sin leads to death. Regardless, you can look at someone who lives not even for the Lord. Like you do, you don't even have to live for the Lord, but if you look at someone that doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, they eat well, um, and they just live their life. Whereas you look at someone who lives a life of debauchery and they're drinking every day and they're smoking and they're sleeping around. So they're more likely to get an STD and, and all these things, they're likely going to die at a younger age than someone who lives their life healthy and clean and pure. And that is just in the natural. That doesn't have anything to do with the fact that there is a difference between there's a heaven uh, to gain and a hell to shun. We will all go somewhere. And so understanding that and understanding that we have that choice, but we also have the ability to share that choice with others because every single person that you look at on the streets, every single person in your family, every single person that's around you that you see before you has that choice. You have two places that you are going to spend eternity. You will either spend eternity in hell or you will either spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. All right, next I want to go to Romans 6, 1 through 14. This one's a little bit longer, but I'm going to read through it. And then we'll read another scripture and then we'll kind of chat about it. So Romans 6, 1 through uh, 14. These are, these are Paul's words about sin and the new creation and, and the, uh, the gospel of grace that gets sent around that it's, it's okay the Lord will forgive me. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. Uh, if I mess up today, it's okay. I'm under grace, which yes, we are under the grace. We're under the grace of God, but 
I'm just going to read this because it explains it a lot better than I could. Romans 6, 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For we, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, then henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Be alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey in the lust thereof. Neither yield to your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace." And so people take that out of context. You're not under the law, you're under grace. And they allow it to become an excuse for them to sin. They combine that scripture with the scripture for we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And the fact that Paul says chief sinner, but they don't understand that he's giving his testimony of who he was. He's not saying he's a chief sinner. You cannot convince me that Paul was telling the church, I sin more than you. My sins are bigger than yours. That's not what he was saying. He was giving testimony of who he was. And he was a chief sinner. He was killing and murdering the Christian church. And so, yes, he has, he has this mindset where he, that's who he was. And when he gave his life to the Lord, he died. That man died. And so the glory that he feels in knowing that's who I was, but God loves me so much that he came, he died on the cross and he saved me that now I get to be dead to who that person was. I don't have to do any of that anymore. That's the beauty of grace. Grace is not a covering of, um, like when it, when you're playing hide and seek with a kid and they cover their eyes and they say, if I can't see you, you can't see me. And, and I feel like that's what a lot of people see grace as Jesus is these coverings over the Lord's or, or over us saying to God, if you can't see them, they're not sinning. And, and that's what people believe that Jesus is. He's just this curtain over us that will, you can do what you want And say that you love God and say that you are a Christian, but still drink all the time, still smoke weed, still go out and party, still cuss up a storm. Like you can look like the world, you can taste like the world, you can smell like the world. But if you say, I love Jesus and I'm a Christian, then it's okay. You're going to heaven. That's not what the Bible says. And because of that message, because that's not being 
addressed, people are going to go to hell thinking they're going to heaven. Because they say, well, I go to church on Sunday. Am I hungover half the time? Yes, but I'm there. But they have no desire to change anything because they're not taught that what they're doing is sin. They're taught that what they're doing is okay because they're under grace. And that's not what the word of God says. So I want to dig a little deeper into what it looks like to actually be a new creation. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, 1 through 10, actually. Yes, 1 through 10. I encourage you to go read it, study it, get what you can out of it. Um, I want to talk about a couple different things that Ephesians 2, 2 through 10 says about being a new creation. So according to Ephesians 2, 2 through 10, we're no longer under the sway of the prince of the power of the air. So, so many people ask, if God's so good, why? Why do, why do bad things happen? You know, I was adopted. I was abused as a child. I was in foster care when I was 16 years old. I was raped. There's a lot of evil that has happened in my life. And that question always got me because so many people asked it and it confused me. And then, and then you have the saying, everything happens for a reason. And so when, when someone deals with the evils of this world, because we live in an evil world and Ephesians 2, 2 is talking about it because there is a prince of the power of the air. The, the devil is the God of this world. This is his dominion. And anyone that chooses to live in his dominion is living in evil. We are in this world, which is his dominion, and around people that live in his kingdom, that live for his kingdom, and are guided by his kingdom, his thoughts and his ways, that are inherently evil and only think about self. But we are not of this world. And it was the moment that I connected the dots for myself that God is good and there are laws put in place that even God himself because he's a God of his word won't overstep and one of those is we have free will God gave us free will to choose I lay before you life and death blessing and curses and that's for every single person. So in order for me to have free will to say, God, I love you. I choose you. I want to live my life for you. So does the person that abused me have free will. And unfortunately in that time, they did not choose God. They chose to live in the kingdom of wickedness and eat the fruit thereof. And the consequences of that choice affected me because the consequences of your choices, good or bad, Never affect only you. The choices that you make, the decisions that you make, when you make the decision that I'm going to live dead to sin and alive in Christ, that has consequences. There are good consequences for your life and for the people around you because people are going to see it and they're going to be drawn into it, whether they realize it or not. They're going to be drawn to the fact that what, what are you doing? 
Like you live this life, you don't do any of the things that we would imagine are fun. And yet you're always happier than I am. Your life is always blessed. I don't understand it. Like you're not chasing this job. Things just fall into your lap. I don't get it. And then you can explain to them, I died to sin. I died to to the death of sin. And I'm alive in Christ. And because I'm alive in Christ, he blesses me. He leads me. He guides me. He pours out into my life. And so because of that, you can have all the promises of God. Because you're no longer under the sway of the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians uh, 2, 5, we've been made alive in the union with Christ. You are dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Life, he came to give life and life more abundant. We're no longer under the control of demonic spirits. We, when you focus on Christ and you live your life for Christ, then you get to live free from demonic oppression. That's a promise that you get from God. That's, that's something at the table waiting for you to cast out devils in my name. We no longer live according to the corrupt system of this world. Everything about this system is what you feel and how, how it makes me feel and what do I want to do and this is what my body desires and this is what I'm craving and, and it's all corrupt and it's all about self. And we no longer live according to that system. We're no longer obeying the impulses of our flesh. That's, this is a big, big part of fasting and what we're doing is we're putting the impulses of the flesh aside pushing away the plate and acknowledging I no longer live according to the impulses of my flesh. We have been raised together with Christ, seated together with him in heavenly places. We show forth, Ephesians 2, 7, we show forth and demonstrate in our life the immeasurable, countless, surpassing riches of his father's grace. Grace is an empowerment for you to do what God has called you to do. You're empowered to live dead to sin. You are empowered to lay hands on the sick. You have a grace upon your life to do what God's called you to do and empowerment to do what God called you to do. You are his creation created in Christ Jesus for good works. You know, so many people argue against works. And your salvation has nothing to do with your works. I 100% agree with that because that's what the Bible says. Your salvation, it's by your faith that you've been saved. By grace, through faith. That has nothing to do with works. It has to do with your heart. You believe that Christ came, lived, died, and was raised from the dead. And you confess it with your mouth before men. That's your salvation. That's where your salvation comes from. But the Bible clearly tells us that we have works to do. I don't believe that anything that I do has anything to do with my salvation. My salvation is secure in my faith in him. But if I have faith in him and I love him and I don't do the works that he laid out for me, 
The Bible says that I don't really love him. If you love me, you will obey me. You will obey my commands. That's what the word says. And the commands have to do with works. Laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, sharing the gospel. Go into all the nations. Baptizing, making disciples. Those are works. Those are things for you to be doing. And in the end, it says that we'll be judged by our works. We're going to come and stand before the Lord, not not in judgment of our sins, but in judgment of what we did or did not do for him. And you're going to have everything that you did in your life, in your hands. And you're going to be judged by fire and only what remains. And what remains is the works that you did for the kingdom of heaven. Winning souls, building the kingdom of of God. That's what counts. So this, all these things, living dead to sin, excuse me, this is the inheritance of the believer. When what, there's a saying, what you focus on becomes your reality. So if your, if your focus is so much on not sinning, okay, what is sin? I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. If that's your focus, one, you're not going to have a whole lot of joy because you're constantly going to be thinking, I can't do that. And so it's like these, these boundaries put on your life. And a lot of people look at Christianity that way. And that's why they don't like it because they see Christianity as a, a set of rules telling you, no, 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 no. That's how, because their focus is on the sin. That's where their focus is. But if you take your focus off of that and you realize you are not a sinner, you, you take your focus and put it on Christ and realize you're not a sinner. It's not inevitable that you will sin. If you, if you continually tell yourself it's inevitable, I'm going to sin. I'm going to fall into sin today and it's inevitable. Then yes, welcome to your reality. You will fall into sin. Well, step, step into sin. Because it's not like, oh, how did I end up here? You step into it. But if you keep your reality on what the word of God says about you, that you're not a sinner, you're born again, not a sinner. It is not inevitable that you will sin. If you take your eyes off of the everyday trying not to sin. And instead, focus on just getting closer to Christ, getting closer to Christ, doing what Jesus did, being like Jesus, figuring out what your promises are, what your works are, what are we called to do? If that becomes your focus and your reality, then the sin will shed off. You'll be so busy figuring out how to be like Christ that you won't even think about sinning. You won't think about what not to do. You won't think about, oh my goodness, it'll be a few days and you'll realize, huh, I didn't even feel like going and getting a drink. Like I had no desire to go get a glass of wine. I had no desire to go out and get a few beers. Interesting. And then it'll get easier and easier and easier. And your words, your, your mouth will get purer and purer and those cuss words will shed off. So this, because the struggle that we deal with is 
you know, the Bible says, well, we, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Yes. But the battle is not in an outward realm. It's an inward thing. So when you're battling that, it's a battle of faith with, within you. We fight the good fight of faith because the enemy is already defeated. The only power, the moment that you gave your life over to Christ, you stepped into the realm where he does not reign. He's not victorious. He's a loser. He already lost. He's already defeated. Jesus already did that for you. So then the battle within you is the one that decides, are you staying in that encampment or are you stepping out and giving him authority over your life again? That's where the battle comes in. It's between your flesh and your spirit fighting the good fight of faith. The only way the enemy wins is if your flesh wins and you believe the lies of the enemy. You believe that you're a sinner. You believe that it's inevitable. You believe that you don't have authority. You believe that you can get sick every flu season. You believe that um, it's going to be a continual fight of poverty, that it's going to be a struggle for you. You you don't give. You don't tithe because you believe that that you only have so much money and you have to pay your bills. And so, so you're living in the natural realm and you're not living in the supernatural where God gave you prosperity and God wants to take care of all of your needs and he wants you to not want for anything. Only when you start walking in the natural and and all of that is when you start giving the enemy territory back in your life. Trouble pursues the sinner. So if you see yourself as a sinner, always a sinner, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Every day is grace. Every day is grace. Yes, his mercies are new every day. I'm not saying that you can't ever mess up. And if you do, you let the enemy win. How dare you? That is not, please don't get that from this. What I'm saying is you get to live in a mindset of victory every single day. And on the days that you mess up, you close your eyes, you go to bed, you sleep soundly, and you say tomorrow's going to be better than today. Every single day, you get to wake up new. It's a new day. Today's a victorious day. Today, I will be blessed. Today, I will walk in the authority of the Lord. And you, if you got to say those things to yourself every day, do it. I say that stuff to myself a lot. Today is a better day. Today is a day of victory. Speak life into your life, into yourself. Focus on Jesus. Focus on what the Lord says you can have. Focus on what your promises in God are. Focus on the fact that you are a new creation, no longer living under the authority of the God of this world. You now live under the authority of Jesus Christ. So what does Jesus Christ say about who we're meant to be? What does the Lord tell us about how to act? What did Jesus do that we need to be doing? Fasting, 
praying, focusing on God, listening to the Lord. Jesus said, I do nothing that I don't see my father do. I say nothing that I don't hear my father say. And so that needs to become who we are. What is God saying? What does God do? Who, who is Jesus? If you, if you don't know if you're new to Christianity or you don't, you feel like you don't have a full grasp on who Jesus is, I strongly, strongly recommend you get the book Seeing Jesus as He Really Is by Rodney Howard Brown. It's an incredible book and it goes through who Jesus actually is in the Word. And it takes you through who He is, what He did, what was Jesus like. When you're reading your Word, put yourself into the Word of God into the book, immerse yourself in the word and place yourself when he's there teaching and preaching and doing miracles, place yourself in his meetings and see him in a different light. When that becomes your focus and your reality, then the fact that you're a new creation is easy. Being dead to sin becomes easy. The sin just falls right off and you don't even realize you have no desire to do it anymore. So focus on that today. Dig in, figure out, start learning about who Jesus really was. Not who Google tells you he was, but what the word of God, who the word of God says that he is. Read the gospels and see the different things that Jesus did. Look at everything that Jesus said, the red letters, focus on who he is and everything will become easier. Thank you so much for listening today. You can still get our fasting uh, workbook off of distortionfreeministries.com. We have our merch store that you can link through distortionfreeministries.com as well. Thank you so much. And I hope you have an incredible Saturday, day seven of fasting. Thank you for listening. This podcast is part of Distortion Free Ministries. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Distortion Free, or you can go to our website, distortionfreeministries.com. If you would like to be a part of what we're doing, you can go to the Give tab and financially make yourself a partner with the things that God's doing through our ministry. We love you, and we'll see you next time at the table.